Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. In this episode recorded on Thursday, January 17th of 2019, we're going to talk about a mild algorithm update, um, a bunch of just different news about Google. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of discussion as to what's going on in the addiction search results, some interesting things there, and lots of other tips as well. So let's get started. Um, first thing to talk about is a potential algorithm update. So there was a lot of chatter on search forums around January 9th, and Barry Schwartz actually marked this as an algorithm update or said, you know, it looks like January 9th is an update. In looking at our Google Analytics profiles that we have access to, I really think there was something that happened between the 7th and the 9th. We have quite a few clients that saw um, a significant boost up starting on January 7th, um, some of them the 8th and some of them on the 9th. And these were all sites that have been working on general overall quality things. Um, one of our sites, I believe I talked about this last week, was one that worked on uh, improving their URL structure and making content hubs. Um, and this is something that I really recommend for pretty much any site is having, you know, a very small number of specific topics that you want to rank for and then building content content around those hubs that can link back to it internally. And uh, one of our sites uh, that we did a review for that worked really hard on this new restructuring is seeing fantastic gains starting uh, January 7th, I believe. Um, we did see some increase in one of our sites that uh, we had done a link audit for in the past, and we hadn't done any additional work. Now, it's certainly possible that this site is working on things outside of our link audit, but um, given that I've seen a number of black hats actually talking about this potential update, there probably is a link component to it. I think we're sort of getting to the point where it's hard to say, oh, this is a link update and this is a quality update. Um, and you'll notice uh, if you follow my algorithm update post, which you can get at mariehaines.com slash algo, you'll see that... Um, we usually try to classify things as link updates or, you know, back in the day where uh, I first started doing this back in 2012. So we would see, uh, oh, this is a, pe a penguin update, a panda update. Uh, for a while we had phantom updates, which it turns out that what we called phantom, um, Glenn Gabe coined the word phantom, meaning that there was a significant update but nobody really put a name on it. Uh, that's actually Google confirmed later. Those were what they call core quality updates. And a lot of those core quality updates could potentially be updates to Panda. So it gets really, really confusing. The point is here that we did see changes in sites that had link issues. We also saw changes. The one site that uh, restructured their URLs and did content hubs, if I remember right, I don't believe that we recommended any further disavow work for them. So this certainly wasn't completely a link-related update. Um, I don't think it was a massive update. Uh, there was the algo um, weather tools like the SEMrush sensor and things like that. They showed significant uh, increases, but um, judging by what I'm seeing in the sites we monitor, I don't think that that's the case. With that said, uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, January 15th, there may have been a bit of a more significant update. I'm seeing a bit of chatter about that, so I'll 
I'll have more news and analysis on that for you uh, hopefully next week. So Google made an announcement that there are some new features in Search Console. If you are a newsletter subscriber, and I believe this is for the free subscribers as well as the paid subscribers, I've sort of broken down what the new things are. Um, you can get that at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. But here's a little bit of a summary. It's basically... Um, where you can uh, do more in the URL inspection part of the new search console. So one of the things that they'll show you is you can see the source code of the crawled page. And this can be helpful because if you have a page that is struggling to rank, then um, sometimes we'll look at the source code as Google. Uh, so this used to be what we would do as fetch, not fetch and render, but just the fetch portion. We'd see that, oh, the source code doesn't contain, for whatever reason, this phrase that we want to rank for and maybe you're doing some tricky JavaScript thing or something uh, that's making it difficult for Google to actually crawl that content. Uh, so that's kind of a cool thing. Right in Search Console now on the URL inspection report, uh, you can actually see a screenshot of the page in question, which is, uh, as far as I can see, is essentially the same as the render portion of Fetch and Render. So again, if you have content that just is not performing properly, you may want to kind of take a look at the screenshot in Search Console and see if is Google actually seeing your content? Are the images being uh, shown properly? Um, are they seeing all of the important text on the page? And so that uh, can be helpful as well. And then there's more stuff under this tab called More Info. Uh, they'll tell you any JavaScript console messages. So in our example, there was, uh, you know, we could see, okay, there's a Facebook pixel on this site. Um, in some cases, there might be JavaScript errors that you can see there as well. Uh, they also tell you the status code for the page. So any page that you want to be ranking in Google or in other search engines, you want that to be returning a 200 status code. Um, you know, if you're not sure what that is, basically that means all is good and the page is running fine. Uh, but if you're seeing that these pages have a 301, meaning they're redirecting to another page, a 404, meaning that, you know, they don't exist anymore, or a 410, something like that, then this can be a place to do some investigation and, uh, and see if you can figure out what's happening there. Um, so it's a little bit frustrating that we're still kind of jumping between old Search Console and current Search Console, uh, but bit by bit, Google is moving this stuff. And I suppose it's better to have it bit by bit because otherwise, you know, we would have been complaining to Google for, uh, you know, over a year now uh, that we need a more updated version of Search Console. Um, let's see what else we've got in the newsletter here. We, there were a bunch of uh, new mobile-first indexing emails that have gone out. Uh, and one new thing that Google's doing now is they're sending them in batches. Uh, so rather than getting a notification, you know, multiple notifications, you should just get one that you've been moved to mobile-first indexing. We've talked about mobile-first indexing multiple times. And so I'm not going to go over all of the details about what that means. But if you have questions, if you've just been moved to mobile-first first indexing. Uh, one of my team, Matt, uh, actually wrote a really, really good article uh, with everything that you need to know about mobile first indexing. So um, you can find that if you go to mariehaines.com slash mobile first indexing with hyphens between those words, uh, you will uh, be able to find that article. And, uh, you know, if you have questions that are not covered in that article, then just leave a comment and we'll, uh, we'll get that uh, hopefully answered for you. 
was an interesting thing that happened this week where Google told us that they are removing comments on the Webmaster Central blog posts. And then Barry Schwartz wrote an article, um, and I believe the title said something like, even no follow could not save Google from comment spam. Um, I don't know why they removed comments. I think, you know, uh, moderating comments is a big job and they must get thousands and thousands of, of comments. Um, and maybe they felt that they just weren't adding value. So rather than taking the time to moderate them, they decided that they were just going to remove comments altogether. Um, I believe they're encouraging people to, uh, you know, go to the help forums to actually get more help. Um, I wanted to point out, though, that this doesn't mean that we should all be running to remove our comments from our site. Uh, Google has said several times that a healthy thriving comment section can actually be a positive ranking factor. So in the newsletter, I linked to a tweet from, uh, gosh, I want to say it was late 2017, where um, Gary Ish actually said, like, if we say um, good content is five points and great links is maybe two points, a thriving community is one point. And I mean, those numbers are made up. The point here is that uh, you really, if you have people commenting on your site, commenting on your articles, then those contribute to the Google's overall assessment of quality for the site. So don't go running to discontinue comments on your site. Um, the exception, though, is if you're finding that you're just being overrun with spam and you can't keep up with the comments, then it may be better to get rid of them than to allow spam to continue like that. Um, stuff in the newsletter about Google's teaming up with Automatic and WordPress to make a, a new platform for local news. And so this is interesting because it sounds like they're going to basically create a theme that allows people to very quickly create a news site and then publish their news to Google News. And, uh, you know, this is important because Google wants to make it so that they're not publishing things in Google News simply because they're great technically sound websites, but rather there are some really good writers out there that may not have the savvy to actually create a, a website. Um, so this is probably bad news for a lot of local news sites uh, because now you're going to have more competition. Um, but it's good news if you you know if you're thinking of creating uh, a blog about your city or something like that, then you know this might be uh, an area to to get some visibility in Google News. So I'm not sure exactly when this is happening. It may already be live. We'll have to check in on that. But that's, um, oh, there we go. Uh, you can get early access. They're, they're planning to launch it by the end of July of 2019. And you can apply for early access uh, prior to February 1st. So if you're interested in that, just see the newsletter for more information there. Um, now, there's apparently Google has released some ad experience reports to Search Console. So let me explain what that means because a lot of people are confused about this. As far as I can tell, this is only in old Search Console. You can go to the ad experience report and you can see if any of the ads on your site have been deemed uh, disruptive or for whatever reason, ads that Google will not want to show. Um, you really want to pay attention to this because this is all throughout the quality raters guidelines that if pages are just loaded with annoying ads with, I mean, there's a huge list of uh, things, but you can tell, I mean, those sites that have pop-ups that don't close, uh, auto-playing video, things like that, they really should, uh, they're going to, Chrome is going to stop showing those and it wouldn't um, surprise me 
if this becomes a factor in terms of overall quality as well. I kind of feel like it's not uh, in the algorithm now unless it's a very extreme case that you have. The thing is, though, that I just checked a bunch of sites that we have Search Console access for, and I checked a bunch of sites that we've reviewed that we know have annoying ads. Um, every single one of them, the ad experience report just says this site has not been reviewed yet. And that was the case when this report first came out. I want to say it was like two, maybe two and a half years ago, potentially more, that Google first came out with this report. In all of that time, I've seen one site, and it was one major, like one of the biggest sites on the web uh, that actually had their ads reviewed and they had a green check mark saying that everything was fine. So um, that's something we'll eventually start adding to our reports. I think at this point though we'll uh, pay more attention to it once Chrome comes out with the ad blocking later on this year. Uh, there was a blog post on how Google approaches SEO it was all right. I didn't feel like we really learned too much. We included it in the newsletter because every time Google writes about something, then uh, we want to <laughs> we want to pay attention to it. Um, there was some pretty basic stuff in there, though. Uh, but still, it's it's pretty interesting reading. If you want to go to the newsletter and find that, uh, you'll get a link there to read it. Um, this is kind of cool. Google Analytics tweeted that uh, there's a demo account available if you want to play around with it. So this is kind of cool for training people. You know, you can I I haven't played around with it myself, but I think it is something that we might use in training. Um, and so, uh, so that's something good to know. There's some changes in, um, and I don't know if this is a test or if this is real, uh, live now, but some changes in featured snippets and other types of rich snippets. Uh, Glenn Gabe has some good tweets on this where um, it seems like there's, it's they call it a best of query. And uh, so it's basically a whole bunch of featured snippets all together. So I know we said in the newsletter, this is kind of cool. It's good as a user, um, but it means that it's going to push organic results down. So if you have something, you know, if you're trying to rank for best, uh, I don't know, project management software or something like that, um, you know, I bet you that we're soon going to be seeing these featured snippets that the entire above the fold organic SERP is either featured snippet or ads. Uh, and that's going to make it harder and harder to actually rank unless you can get the featured snippet. For a while, we were offering as a service uh, trying to optimize for featured snippets. And what we found was the algorithm is just changing so quickly. And Gary Ish told us about this, uh, that, you know, things keep changing in how they're surfacing featured snippets and how they're displaying them. Um, we still do recommend some very basic things. I've got a post that I wrote probably a year and a half ago. Uh, so if you just Google my name plus featured snippets, you'll find this post. And most of that advice is still good for, uh, you know, being able to make it more likely that your content wins a featured snippet. Um, but we stopped offering it as a service just because it was so volatile. And uh, sometimes we had good success and sometimes we'd put many hours of work in and didn't really see much improvement. So, um, but I think if you are the type of site that competes for featured snippets, that's something that should be on your radar is figuring out how to get more of those. Um, so let's uh, see. We've only got a couple of more things and then we'll talk about these addiction uh, SERPs. So uh, let's see here. There was a little bit of discussion about geolocation redirects. So a geolocation redirect is where, um, here's an example of a bad one. If I look for a recipe and I end up on foodnetwork.com, 
every time I go to foodnetwork.com and I go to the particular recipe page, I get a pop-up that says, hey, we see you're from Canada. Would you like to uh, see the Canadian version of our site? And then it'll take me to the homepage and I've lost my page, my recipe. I don't care whether I see the recipe on their Canadian version or their .com version. Um, and some sites do that automatically. They don't even give the pop-up. They just say, ah, we recognize this person is searching from Germany, so let's show them our German content. Um, people get really frustrated with that. And it's not recommended to just automatically redirect people based on IP. Some of the discussion that was happening this week, uh, as far as I can see, it was about redirecting people um, not based on their country but on their state so if you had certain specials in California and those specials were not available in Seattle then you could potentially redirect people from California just to the California page I think you still have to be very careful with this a lot of the time uh, IPs can be kind of messed up and and Google may think that you're in some other state or some other city so uh, you know you really really need to watch that you're not annoying users um, and make it so that people have the option to not be redirected if you're using that kind of thing. Um, let's see here. Glenn Gabe also noted in Google Analytics, there's a little bit of a change in how they're showing dates and how things are annotated. Uh, so if uh, I remember, I know I was looking at analytics, I was like, something seems different here and I couldn't figure out what it was. So it's the dates. So not a big change, but uh, if you're wondering what the heck was different, that's what it is. Um, we have uh, one of my team members, Andrew, uh, did a fantastic job in summarizing the January 11th help hangout. And uh, John Mueller did a really great job here. We uh, the the write up on this um, hangout is huge. Uh, so I'm just going to share with you a few things that we learned from this help hangout. One of them we've talked about lots is whether mobile friendliness is the same thing as mobile first indexing. And it's really important to know that these are two separate things. Lots of sites have been moved to mobile first indexing, even though they're not mobile friendly. Um, so if you're confused on the differences there, then uh, take a look at the newsletter. And again, we have a new article on mobile first indexing you can check out as well. Um, this was an interesting one. Somebody asked about uh, when they ran a fetch and render. Now, I don't know if this will be relevant now that uh, we've got the new URL inspection that renders pages. Um, but uh, this happens to us all the time that we'll get the message that says temporarily unreachable. Um, and it's always hard to know, like, does that mean was my website down? Uh, did Google have a problem? What's happening here? And John gave an interesting potential explanation for... Um, one, one of the reasons why you could get this message. And uh, what he was saying is that sometimes uh, Google is worried that they're going to do, they're going to put too much demand on your website. Um, and so if they're repeatedly crawling pages on your website, they may decide, whoa, let's hold back for a little bit here uh, because we don't want to take a website down um, by crawling it too much. And so often if you get that message, it just means that Google feels like they've done too much crawling of your website. And then you try again, sometimes even just a few minutes later can make a difference. I've had some cases where I've had to wait for a full day before I try to do a fetch and render uh, and then I no longer get the temporarily unreachable message. So it's interesting to see that it doesn't always mean that there's a problem with your website when you get that. Uh, somebody asked whether you should have a separate sitemap for images and John's answer was essentially to say that it doesn't matter. 
I think there are some cases if you rely a lot on image search, it's not a bad idea to have an image sitemap, even just uh, for your own organization. Um, but what John said is, you know, whether they get the information from one big sitemap or from image sitemaps, it doesn't matter. I think there's exceptions. I mean, if you have a massive site, uh, there's only so much you can put in a sitemap. So that might be an exception to this rule. Um, and let's see here. There was, uh, I'm sure most of you have heard of this by now. There was a little bit of a hack that we, uh, people could do where you could do a search for pretty much anything. And by adding some parameters to the, the query, uh, you can make it look like you had a knowledge panel for pretty much anything. Um, that's been fixed. So, uh, interesting to know, but, um, as far as I know, we can't do that anymore. So you can't prove that you are the CEO of Google um, with screenshots. It's not going to work anymore. And this was an interesting thing too. Bill Hartzer pointed out that um, GoDaddy is injecting some scripts into their uh, into sites that are hosted with GoDaddy. Now the script says uh, that it's collecting metrics to improve site performance. Um, but you know, anytime you add a script that can slow down the loading of your site. So, um, you know, that's interesting. I think, uh, there is an option to opt out of that. So if you have a GoDaddy hosted website, you may want to, uh, look into that part of the newsletter. And I think that that's all we're going to cover for today other than, uh, let's see here. Oh, there's new, um, for local SEO there's a, the product menu is now in beta. I've seen this in some of my local clients uh, that you can go into um, Google My Business. Uh, I apologize for the typo. I think in our newsletter, we had said Google Search Console. It's changed now to Google My Business. Uh, and then if you sell particular products, you can actually list them in your Google My Business dashboard. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about this yet, but um, you know it seems like something that most uh, local SEOs would want to take advantage of if you are doing SEO for a site that sells products. And uh, one final thing in local SEO, there was a bit of discussion again about tracking numbers. Um, so the idea for a tracking number is uh, if, if I have my phone number on my listing and somebody calls it, I have no way of knowing, did they call it from my website? Were they on my Facebook page? Were they, uh, you know, in the yellow pages? Um, which about, I, I just heard today that apparently Yellow Pages just published their very last version of print Yellow Pages. I don't know if that's across the United States or, or what, but uh, interesting to know, right? I mean, who uses the Yellow Pages anymore? Uh, I used to, I remember standing on them to wash my hair in the sink as a kid. That was like, even when I was a child, Yellow Pages were irrelevant, um, but I'm digressing. Tracking numbers. So, a lot of SEOs will use tracking numbers. There's some really good services. We've used CallRail for some of our clients. Um, and the idea is that there's a specific phone number that you can say, ah, you know, if people called us from this number, they came from our website. Or maybe they came from a particular part of our website. Or they came from Facebook. Uh, and so this is you know, pretty common that SEOs have used this. And somebody asked on Twitter whether... Uh, uh, tracking numbers are okay in Google's eyes. And a Google employee responded saying, 
um, a tracking number is not allowed to be used for Google My Business listings. So this caused a fair amount of uproar. Um, that said, though, they came back later and said, uh, hey, we wanted to follow up. We misspoke. And as long as the phone number connects the business, you're in good shape. So uh, you're fine. That was a long explanation for uh, me to say, yes, you are fine to use tracking numbers if you are using them. So let's finish up here by talking about these addiction SERPs. Um, and so what I'm talking about here is if you do a query for something like drug rehab or addiction center, um, something like that, uh, and this is, I think, primarily just in the United States, uh, there are some interesting sites that were surfacing as ranking well. So one of them was a site called um, addictionhelp.today. And when you look at the site, I mean, it's a decent site, but there's really nothing that makes it stand out like it should be the number one answer. Um, and they skyrocketed from like early January. They had no visitors. And then they went up to, according to SEMrush, you know, over 600,000 visitors, uh, daily visitors, which is a massive, massive increase. Uh, and then uh, some people on Twitter noted that it started to decline and another site called Drug Helpline um, uh, started uh, skyrocketing up. And so a bunch of SEOs looked at this and nobody could exactly figure out what's going on. I'm fairly certain that this is probably due to some use of redirects. Uh, people may have purchased up some expired domains. And uh, one of the sites, I looked at the backlink profile and uh, they had tons of sites redirecting that had really good links from authoritative news sources. Uh, and so this appeared to be working. However, it's like they get there for a couple of days and then they're gone. And so what we don't know is whether there's a couple of possibilities. One, it's possible that Google is manually monitoring these search results um, on a regular basis. And I do think that this is happening. I think for any super competitive query, uh, Google's trying to, you know, stay on top of quality. And they look at why is this site ranking well? And then they figure out how can we stop this from happening? So if that's the case, they may have dealt a manual action to these sites. I see that both of these sites are still in the index. So they didn't get, uh, there's some types of manual actions that will completely de-index a site. Um, if this was a link related thing or redirects, you know, Google probably manually decided to stop counting uh, the page rank that flows through those links. It's also possible that this is just a normal part of the process and um, Google has algorithmically determined that for whatever reason, these sites are not the ones that people want to land on. Um, and so I don't think, I mean, I really do think that Google's doing a much better job than they used to at uh, keeping it so that search results like this are um, useful to people. Uh, one of the things that changed in the quality raters guidelines back uh, in last summer was that they added a couple places the word safety of users and so you know google's aware of this type of thing um uh, you know I, it's and it seems to me like they are manually inserting a couple of sites at the top of these results in the effort of actually protecting people. Um, there's the, I think it's SAMHSA, 
uh, .gov. It's a government site that, um, you know, should be very trustworthy. And they've gone back to ranking number one uh, for most of these queries. Uh, And in the newsletter, you'll see the SEMrush stats that show that, like, they were getting two million visitors a day, and then they went down to, like, almost nothing. And then they went back up to one and a half million. Um, And I think that this is Google saying, this is my theory, I think Google wants to be able to control SERPs like this algorithmically, but when black hats can get in there and can uh, successfully manipulate the SERPs, they say, look, we really don't want people to be potentially harmed by these sites. And so we're just going to put this government site up there for now until we figure things out. I know that, I mean, Google would tell you that they don't manually control the SERPs, uh, but there's definitely something uh, unusual going on there. So, and I should say, I mean, I'm not saying that these sites that were ranking there were harming people. Um, I haven't spent time investigating the sites, but the reality is that they they got there from some sort of SEO method uh, and that they really didn't deserve, as far as I could see, to be ranking there. So that was, um, you know, an interesting case study. And I think it's interesting because, you know, it's not that many years ago that that's the way the SERPs were all the time. Um, So I think Google's doing a pretty good job at trying to uh, produce the highest quality search results. I know some of you right now are um, arguing with me <laughs> in in your head because you're not happy with the search results if your traffic has dropped. And I mean, we say this so often, but if your traffic's dropped, you know, you definitely want to make sure your site is technically sound. But you also want to look at the sites that are currently ranking for your main keywords. Is there a really, really good reason why you should outrank them? And often it's hard to see. I mean, I see people saying, well, my site's way more modern or, you know, my site's got this and that. And then when we look at it as a a third party, um, we're like, you know what? There's really nothing on your site that makes it stand out. So, um, So that's the key to ranking better. I mean, there's certain... Of course, we're always going to want to be optimizing everything we can, uh, but finding ways to make your site as helpful as possible is uh, is the best advice that I can give. So that's all we're going to do for this episode. We're um, Our team is hard at work doing site reviews. Uh, we've started doing a few more link audits recently, um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if we can see some good benefits from that. Uh, if, of course, if you're interested in hiring us, you can reach us at mariehaines.com slash contact or the email address is help h-e-l-p at mariehaines.com we're still working on getting through our waiting list um, and uh, but uh, you know if you're interested in any of our services then please do reach out to us so that's all we've got for uh, for now Um, I hope that things are improving for your sites and as always I wish you the best of luck with your rankings